Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. James, do you have anything louder you could eat? I mean, if you'd like me to. I kind of want to go get the bag of ketchup chips I have. (laughs) You got ketchup chips? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I hate hate that those exist. What? Why? They're terrible. They are not. You're terrible. I don't think. Yeah, but for different reasons. They're not my favorite chip, but they do confuse my mouth in a way that I keep eating them. Yeah, because it <laughs> your mouth in an inquisitive way. Yes. No, so the, I'm, the first, the first couple I have, I'm like, those aren't very good. And then I'm like, well, it mm, maybe it is. And then I have like the middle, the middle range is like these are quite good. And then like when I stop eating them, I'm like, mm, these aren't that good anymore. So like it's it's quite a roller coaster ride of emotions. And I kind of want to start eating them to get back to that middle ground. That's fair. Yeah. So. I agree. They're delicious. And I agree with you with that whole procedure that happens. The best chips are still all dressed. Oh, 100%. There's no confusion. What is, I, I don't eat. think I know what an all dressed chip could, is. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. Just they just everything. Take, yeah. It's like salt and vinegar, ketchup, barbecue, everything all in one. They're sweet, salty, bitter, tangy. sour. So they're just the best. They're, they're incredible. Fit, they're I'm actually crunchy. very happy. I'm very happy that you agree with that, Alex. I wasn't sure what your Dude, position was going to be on that. I've got four bags of them in my pantry. When we went to Canada, I'll be over in an hour. We exclusively bought all dressed chips, Walter oh. Caesar mix, um, Caesar Rimmer things, and ketchup chips. That's are like they, oh, and spicy beans. Are they maybe coming on the boat? Or I'm not sure. Damn it. Oh, that's right. You guys have a trip planned this weekend. We do. We, do. we finally have a weekend off. Thank God. I, I was going... talking I was talking to Colton about this on Sunday. And I don't want this to come across wrong. It will. So it will. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm excited. But like I'm just I'm I'm glad not to be driving a race. You're car just tired this weekend. Yeah. No, I just I'm so sick of talking about Entry instability and exit understeer. Like I'm just, and all of the things that we're gonna try and do to fix it, and it's just the same thing and the same graphs and the same lines. Well, the good news is the next one is wow. is Gateway, which should be a little bit less of that nope. phenomenon. Nope. No, don't think so. You've at driven least, a Gateway, James. At least in three, maybe you won't have entry oversteer. You'll just have exit understeer. Do you not remember that bump there when you turn in? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
Yeah. I get your point though. So like, I think I did the math since the end of April. I think I've only had one weekend off because I filled in the non-IndyCar weekends with other thing like events and other work stuff. I think I only had one weekend off since the beginning of April. And so I'm really excited about having like another proper weekend off and going away and doing something fun. Yeah. I've had, I've had a little bit more than that. Um, so, so my, my issue isn't really the schedule per se. It's just by the, by the end of the stretch, you're just over it. A little the discussion. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you throw in there a couple of sim days where you, you get to talk about the same, the same thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, it's, it's just, it's Groundhog Day. That's often. fair. That's yeah. fair. Look, driving an indie car is a great thing, but there's always too much of a great thing. That's still a thing. And you just need to kind of, and everybody's like on the road together and working together, whether you're having a good weekend or bad weekend. And in that stretch, you've had both. Uh, it's still just, you need a break from each other sometimes. You know, when you live in that tightly knit, high pressure, competitive environment, Everybody needs to kind of like walk away and catch their breath. I and mean, that's the mechanics, the engineers, the drivers, everybody. And the other thing, I mean, this is a this is very much a first world problem. But like because it's been a long stretch in the summer, so very hot events and a lot of sweat, like I've developed some sort of like heat rash. So I like need to stop being in sweaty Nomex for the majority of my weeks. You got a rash on your butt? No, not on my butt. Like on my like the Why side. Why do we of just my, assume butt? The side of my well, it's like the here. it's the it's the sweatiest, swampiest place yeah, after fair a race. Enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yes, I could see it on your side because you rub a lot on the side. Yeah, right? because it's definitely like all on my side. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your skin yeah. just gets soft from all this. Like correct. Pers- yes. Yeah. That's good. Precipitation, <laughs> perspiration. I mean, you're sweating so much; it might as well be precipitating, dude. Should we just talk about the heat in Nashville? Like, just how we should kick this off. I want to. Kick I was miserable in a t-shirt. <clears throat> I don't right. know how you did that in a fire suit. It was awful. It was like you had to swim through the air. Yeah. It was like offensively humid. Mm-hmm. And like I remember this last year. Did you have it where like you're sweating so much? The only place you're sweating so much when you hit the brakes, the sweat flies off your. Did you just spill your drink? I did. I missed my mouth completely. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Drunk on a Tuesday morning. Here we go. I, I wish I was. I really, really <laughs> wish I was. Um, you you athletes are so impressive. <laughs> no, the only place you don't sweat is what? James, is your mouth? No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> As I do sweat more there than anywhere else. When you hit the brakes, I actually had drips of sweat from like my brow and my nose fly off and hit my visor. You ever have that? No, because I still run my visor pretty oh, cracked. cracked yeah that's true so like my face yeah. is i mean that the frontal part of my face is fairly yeah. dry uh it's getting getting good airflow get good airflow i do though like quite often have to like wipe sweat out of my eyes yeah yeah um because it's just dripping down once the head sock gets so saturated it doesn't really do anything anymore <laughs> so so gross the thought of saturated clothing that you're yes. having to wear yeah. um i just want to i just want to break real quick and let everybody know that tim's computer is frozen <laughs> <laughs> the face that he was stuck making was outrageous <laughs> i wish we had a picture of it he just disappeared but like i've never been happier that the silence from the, the peanut gallery is currently missing and it's wonderful uh but yes Back, back to Nashville's saturated sweat clothing that you had to wear. Okay, so in all honesty, so Friday was very hot, very humid, but overcast. Saturday, 
the overcast was gone. The clouds were gone. It was way sunnier. Track temp was way up. Ambient was only up like four degrees, I think, when we went into practice two. But man, the humidity just felt so much more aggressive with the sun out. Mm. How was that? Like then, oh no, then we had qualifying, but you're only, you know, doing a couple laps, whatever. Well, I did none. No you, did, you did exactly zero full laps. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sunday looked similar to Saturday. And like, how was, so how was warm up? Because warm up was a half hour pounding around and the conditions were not great. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, Friday was the worst for me because, Friday, okay. And I don't think it has anything to do with the conditions. It's just your body's shocked. Like, it's just, right. it's, yes, we've had other races in Iowa that are hot. We've had, I mean, it wasn't cold. At, in Indy, Toronto was warm, but like, even though you've been doing this, as we discussed week in and week out, those kind of three or four days you have where you're kind of at home and you're very accustomed to a certain kind of temperature aside from the little bit of time you spend at the gym or whatever, which for you was like 57 degrees in your house, but yeah, correct. That first time that you get back in the car, layered up, start kind of going to work and, and you know, the stress of just driving on a street course and everything, that session was miserable. By the time we got back in the car Saturday, your anxiety's down. You're not trying as hard in the car because it's you've kind of got your rhythm back and everything. So it And your body, I think, is acclimated a little bit. It knows what to expect. But that first session, like I had to ask them to go back to the truck to get like this little portable AC unit so I could have some extra form of cooling when I was sitting in pit lane. Because as you yeah. know, James, like that's the worst part. The yeah. worst part is you come in, stopping your heart rate's up, you stop, the entire car heat soaks, so all of the engine temp, the brake temp, the tire, everything kind of just comes and is trapped there. Um, and you and have no sitting, airflow. You're just sitting on asphalt that's been baking all day, too. Correct. So coming up from the track. And what was very unique about Nashville, and I noticed it significantly this year, was y- you just got really hot in four through eight just because the airflow was was just so there is none because you're at the bottom of first gear doing kind of like 30 to 50 miles an hour for a decent amount of time. And it's still you're working pretty hard, even though you're going slow. Like it's it's probably the hardest part you're of saving track. your life. Yeah, right. And so you you just kind of get onto the bridge and you're just trying to get like some sort of cooling back for that kind of tent. Anyways, it was hard for all of us. It was it was it was difficult. Fortunately, Nashville is a race <laughs> that isn't physical at all because, because only half of it's under green. Yes. Um so you spend a lot of time doing a whole lot of nothing. Um So, let's go on. So before we get to that, <laughs> let me just ask so after qual after warm up before the race, it poured. Like we had a yeah. monumental storm yeah. come through and it was considerably cooler and less humid after the fact. So taking into account fine that you did half the race under caution how much worse do you think it would have been if it was like warm-up conditions but for the entire duration of the race or do you think it wasn't that big a change with the same amount of safety car yeah because like the first 30 laps you guys were relatively well behaved yeah i mean no i think when it's (laughs) when it's that amount of of time under caution that frequently it could have been 115 degrees with 100 okay all right so So, yes all right so let's get into that last year first time at the race 
no data, you know, no historical reference to go off of. We had a race that had nine caution periods for over 30 combined laps in an 80 lap race. We had a car involved in an incident that got wheels off the racetrack, made five pit stops, and then won the race. Didn't he make so, like eight? No, Marcus made five he last did. year. So then we go to this year, like, well, obviously you can't go off the historical data of one event and especially one that, oh, sorry, throw in two red flags. I forgot to mention those. So like, it's got to, it's got to be very different. That was a pretty outlying sort of weekend. So and like, not only, let me interrupt you, sorry. Not only was the track new, but like, I think the driving standards that weekend were horrific. Before. Right. Yeah. So fast forward. So now we're like, okay, now we're going back. We know what to expect. I think everybody will be a little bit smarter, better behaved. We've ironed out some kinks. We've adjusted the track in a couple places. Let's see what we've got. It made the strategy meetings, I imagine, very difficult for teams because normally in a strategy meeting, you're leaning a lot on what's happened historically at the race in terms of like how many cautions when they normally happen, et cetera, et cetera. We, so we let's fast forward to the end of the race. We had seven cautions for almost 30 laps. We had a red flag. We had a Ganassi car get involved in an incident, get wheels off the ground, make six pit stops and win the race. Basically we did almost a carbon copy of last year, which is just arguably worse because only, only 13 cars finished. Yeah, that's fair. Versus I think it was like 17 or 18. Okay, yeah, I didn't look at the the cars running at the finish yeah. last year. Um, we had I think- fewer cautions and fewer red flags, but the reds were for like track blockages right. last year. We didn't, so like most of those cars made it out. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know, James. I don't know what to tell you. I there's there's two there's two sides of an opinion that you can take, and I'd be interested to hear yours because I I certainly have one. So. There's the Marshall Pruitt racer article opinion and some team owner opinions where they're like, this is ridiculous. This makes us all look like clowns. Something's got to change. This is way too expensive. Yada, yada, yada. Unacceptable, unprofessional. There's that stance. Okay. Right. Then there's the other stance that this is this Nashville is one of the most exciting cities in the United States. It's a constant party it it is all focused around entertainment it is all of these things if we have one indycar race a year that is in comparison similar to the daytona 500 where it is just a show and a lottery and ultimately luck decides more than anything who's going to be successful is that really a bad thing i think it is incredibly entertaining for a fan because you legitimately get to see the entire spectrum of a, a, a driver's day, right? And you look at the past two winners, like they crashed, they had problems, they came back. I had massive issues in the race, came back, had the opportunity to finish fourth. I don't think it's a bad thing for one race a year to kind of be this just free-for-all fest of whatever because it would be really sad to... Let's say we, we we make all of these changes, proposed changes. I don't think any of this is actually proposed. It's just, in theory, these changes where we get right. rid of the bridge, we get rid of these sections, and we just do it in the parking lot of the stadium and make it more of a traditional race course. And it ended up being just kind of a, a blah race. Right. That would be sad, right. I think. 
Like for sure, there should be some adjustments. I think that the the way we do restarts at this track should be different. And it, um, different from the first year, so we learned and tried something new. I think overall, no better for our opinion was that it was not better. So we need to look at that again. But in terms of the actual track causing carnage and chaos, I don't think that's bad. It's, I think it, that's okay. I also don't think it's the track's fault in a lot of ways. I, I will um, say it was tracks, an entertaining race to watch. Tracks don't okay. crash cars. Drivers crash cars. But James, you know that this place is is way narrower than any street course we go to by a, a significant margin. In in certain sections, yes. Most, dude. It compared is. to Toronto. Like, yeah, think man. about Toronto. No, I, I really do. I really do. Even take away take away the turn nine section. 10, 11, 1, 2, obviously 4 through 8. Like, 10, 11, you're weaving through a, an S in fifth gear, getting to the braking zone. Right, but once you get to the corner, to me, the corner width is, like, there's guys were going side by side through 10 and 11 all day long on the restarts. It's just when they got it wrong, they crashed, but they were... 90% of the cars that went through those two corners side by side came out the other end. It's narrow. It's tight. There's no doubt it's tight, but I don't know if it's that like we can't even try to go side by side through like turn eight in Toronto. That's not true. Do turn eight in Toronto. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can't go side by side to the last corner, but like through nine, 10 or 11. Yeah, I mean, every guy that tried, every time two cars I mean, went in the one of yeah, them crashed. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, think, I see what you're saying. I think the track is... I think it invites opportunities for incidents, for sure. I get what you're saying. Turn one, two is like super... Like, the front straight is super tight. Like, it's super narrow getting down into turn one. Like, even if a car tries to make a pass there, like, it's barely two car widths wide. So, yes, I see what you're saying. Um and that's always going to cause problems, but I don't know, man. Like I look at the things that caused the accidents this past weekend and the one, I'll, the one I'll blame on the track is like the, the big pile up other side of the bridge, yeah. right? You're, you're so slow on a restart. I mean, Graham did hit Pato, I think with like an immense amount of speed. It did seem like he was going a bit, a bit enthusiastic into the corner, but like, there's also nowhere to go because it's such a one-lane piece of racetrack through there. Um, so I think I think a track definitely caused that whole thing. Uh, but I so here's the thing, and, and so going back to your point, I think your your reference to Daytona, Talladega, or whatever is spot on. I think that is the argument right there. Is that's a race? The plate races are races that most drivers I've spoken to in the cup world or at Xfinity or whatever, really dislike. They don't enjoy them. Uh, there's heightened risk. There's heightened carnage, all that stuff. Uh, it's a little more of a lottery, as you said. But, man, I I I make sure I tune into those ones every time. I watch them. It's like I, mean, I, if, I don't, I don't if watch If I circle, like, yeah, I, if I circle four races on the calendar, three of them are speedways, super speedways. So... So yeah, I, I I get it. I I, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. It's such a cool city. It's such a cool venue. The promoters there, the, everyone at Big Machine does such a good job. You know, getting that race to be an event. 
And it's still only in year two, right? Like as the event, it's going to keep growing and keep getting better. So I think we can keep making adjustments and changes to the track and certain procedures. But yeah, it's always going to be one that you kind of have to go into with a bit of a, oh man, we just got to survive this weekend. That I don't think is a terrible thing. I really don't. I agree with you on that one. So hopefully it's around for a long time to come. And I mean, we obviously want to try to make it better and we don't, we're not relying on it being a good event on the basis that there's, you know, seven to 10 cautions every time we go there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was entertaining to a certain extent. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney world? Like, Hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could, would you, when we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your race, because it was pretty phenomenal, and I've got to give you a huge high five for the insane comeback that you had. So, walk us through how you went from the front to the back to the front. Well, we never started in the front, um, so no, we, we, did, we didn't do qualifying because of the way that the red flags work. We never did a timed lap, um, which meant we started in 17th. Um, you know, we, we were a top five car all weekend, so that was a little disappointing. Um, we knew it was going to be a, a caution heavy race. We knew the red, sorry, the green tire. Actually, let me give a shout out to the Wyuli green firestone alternate tire well said um, well said it was fine like the the peak performance was there um it didn't have any very strange characteristics the deg on it may have been slightly worse than normal but like also it was a different kind of a compound as well to to the nashville race last year so i can't blame it completely on that um but all in all, it behaved exactly as you would hope. So I think it's amazing that Firestone actually came up with a sustainable tire that 
has the same performance characteristic as one that is not. Like that's yes, it's, a, that's it's a got huge sustainable components in it. The, yes. the tread is still the same, but Firestone have have identified a new plant that they can actually grow here in the United States rather than shipping in raw materials from Asia, which is where most of the world's rubber comes from. And it's uh it's a drought resistant plant, takes way less water to do. Uh, so a lot more sustainable. And yes, they're they are slowly finding ways to get it into their race tires, their road tires, and eventually it will be by 2050, hopefully all sustainable materials, but great first step from Firestone and, and glad to hear some driver feedback that it was fine. Yeah. So yes, you didn't qualify, started 17th. Um, so, but, and we knew that it was going to be a primary race. It, it, it always is, um, or always, it was last year. We knew based on warm up and qualifying, it was going to be that way again. And um, so we, we took the first opportunity to, to pit, get off the, the alternate tire and, and put on. The I think you tire. were the first yeah, we were or the first. right up there. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to come in on lap one, but we got scared. So anyways, we came in on like <laughs> lap three, I think. And um, then things were, were going well. And I had a very weird kind of uh, phenomena happen. So all weekend, us and really everyone, but I think us to a, a pretty big extent in terms of Andretti Autosport. We're struggling with rear brake lockup. There's a lot of cars talking about that. A lot of it. But this is to the point where we were running almost 10% forward. Like we had to reset the bias adjuster, like 10% forward from what is a normal number. Which is an insane that. amount. Like a normal adjustment is like over a weekend might be, I mean, 2% is a big adjustment over right. a weekend. Right. Numbers that we had never seen before and like couldn't lock the front tires. So I was, I, I was in that phase of the race where, you know, it was up to me to use the, the clean air and, and to try and push to, to, you know, show the pace of the car and, and get as much time as we could before we caught traffic. And I went to turn 10 and, and had a rear lock moment, um, which was fine. And, but what happened was the rear lock moment was big enough that I couldn't downshift any more past third gear. And then the engine just turned off. So I had locked the rear axle for so long that the revs got low enough that not only it was denying downshifts, but eventually the engine just switched off in third gear in the middle of the braking zone. And you weren't going fast enough by the time the brakes released to like bump start it. Again. Well, by the time I realized that I had stalled in the braking zone, yeah. I, that, yeah. Anyways, completely new. Ultimately, there was no failure. It was too much brake pressure for the track conditions. And I, yeah. So I've never seen that before. Just to f- actually stall, flat out stall an engine in the middle. Like that was very bizarre and then the rear brakes were still on fire yes they were and, they were which so anyways we we had those issues um so that put us a lap down pretty much immediately and so then the the main priority just became try and get your lap back so you know we came in topped up and and we knew there was going to be a yellow coming we just had to hope that it came before um or sorry after all of the leaders had pitted so that we would be kind of the first car behind the safety car and, and et cetera, could get our way around. We got that. Everything was good. So we were back in 26th to 24th, but at least on the lead lap. And the first restart I do on the lead lap, um, I pass our, our, our buddy Callum Eilat, Um, and he had a left rear puncture and couldn't turn. So I was on the outside of him and just he couldn't go anywhere. He just had to go straight, which then took uh, me with him. So we went down an access road, turned around. We're back of the line again. 
and then kind of just drove around past some cars when we could, you, you know, we were faster than, than quite a few guys, but ultimately we just didn't hit anything um, and finished fourth. So that, that was really the day. Like, I don't, I don't think we did anything exceptional. Like the team obviously did a great job to make the calls to get us back on the lead lap. Um, but it was just, it was just about not breaking the car. Like even when we, we saw the engine, like we didn't touch anything. Um, that being said, I did hit a lot of things. I just right, not right. hard enough to actually right. break anything. <laughs> I think everybody hit a lot of things. Yes. It was just how hard you hit them. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun, kind of, kind of not fun, but very yeah, thankful that we were able to come away with something after it was looking to be a pretty horrible day. Because you, you and Colton, and actually, well, I mean, Dixon, same thing. Dixon got involved in an accident, ended up a lap down. He made, as we said, six pit stops because he was coming in to get changes and, and damage fixed under caution. Colton had an issue early in the race. He brushed the wall, lost his wing, like you, went a lap down. And kind of keeping track of the two of you because... Dixon ended up cycling to the front because he had, I think he had a decently timed pit stop, then an immediately a yellow. Um, you guys didn't have that lucky break necessarily once you were back on the lead lap. Uh, so it was, he was already up there, but it was really fun watching the two of you just like slowly. Like, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really entertaining. So uh, huge props to Scott Dixon on the win. It doesn't matter how it happened. He's Scott Dixon. He's amazing. Uh, he did an incredible job. He now if it happens fifty three times. Yeah, I was gonna right. say exactly. somebody somebody on Twitter was like, "Oh, he lucked into that." It was like, "Okay, but what about the other fifty two? Right. So <laughs> with maybe 53, he's good. He passes Mario Andretti for second all time on the win list. Uh, just AJ Foyt in front of him. So very impressive weekend for him. Scotty Mack was on an absolute charge at the end. He led from pole, kind of was controlling the race. Ill-timed yellow moved him back to the field. He did exactly what you did, Alex, was just chipping away at it. And I think needed like one more lap. He was so quick. It was like Colton last year. Yeah, I got to say, I I would compare it to that. He was just him and the car and the weekend were just a step above everyone else. Yeah. Um, And the rate of speed that he came by me was impressive it was like cool that's good for you so yeah. I, I mean the fact that he kind of got burned by a yellow and still was fighting for a win at the end i mean just shows the the performance that they had all weekend so it's yeah pretty impressive i will no say doubt. the my favorite comment that anybody made on twitter after the race was a uh, wood underscore ida underscore dear andretti autosport strategist for alex rossi and colton hurra I feel a lap down in life would like you to be guided back into the top five. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's IndyCar racing, but that's just IndyCar racing at Nashville. Like, yeah, it, as long as the thing's still running, you're not out of it. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I want to give a shout out to Polo as well, because uh, he ended up finishing third with like the entire left front flap of the wing was just, was destroyed. It was just like flapping up and down in the wind. he, self-inflicted he ran into the back of will and the straightaway but held on to the thing and even with what i imagine was an insanely over or understeering car still just didn't hit anything like you said and and came out third and then there was a good amount of drama after the race can we talk about any of that well i mean it all stemmed from drama in the race really yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of angry people uh the most public one for sure was the joseph newgarden roman grosjean situation which caused the red flag with five laps to go, whatever. A lot it was. of F1 mean tweets. A lot of F1 <laughs> mean tweets. Towards Joseph. Yeah, it's funny, man. <laughs> and then, it's uh, funny. Marcus just injected himself in that too. 
Yeah, Marcus sure had did. a pretty funny reply. Uh, I, so I guess it was – so Marcus ended up not really finishing. I guess he got hit by Grosjean earlier mm-hmm. in the race. He'd had a very similar race to you, Alex, up and down. Like started okay. I was got, with him a lot, yeah. Right. So And he was making good progress back and then got hit by Grosjean apparently, which uh, broke his gearbox. I mean, we'll, we'll shortcut the the answer there. Just It, it made him unable to shift, which is an issue that happened to a couple different guys. We won't get into it. Um but yeah, so that was that was what essentially took him out. So he had no problem chiming in on on Twitter anti Grosjean. Uh, how I'm did just, you? I've never seen Joseph, or I've never seen any driver respond that blatantly to fans before, like Joseph was. Or I guess they're not really fans, but just yeah. <laughs> responding to to people I mean, and calling them. It was kind of like as bad as it sounds. It's kind of refreshing. I like. No, awesome. <laughs> I, I loved awesome. it. I I actually told him after the race, like I don't have, I don't. I don't have the balls that he does. Like I was impressed because there's a lot of things that I would like to say and I do delete it often. I have it as a draft. Yeah. And never actually get, press send. I send, I send it's, a lot sometimes of stuff. it's sometimes James, can I send this? No, Alex, you cannot send that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do the same with you guys and you always say don't engage the crazies. Yeah. Don't yeah. engage the crazies. But uh Joseph, he warp drive engaged with some of them and it was awesome. Um, yeah, I'm all for that. Like defend yourself, have your opinion. They can have their opinion and he can have his rebuttal and you know, that's, that's free speech, baby. Get after it. So, uh, I mean, I had a, I had a front row seat to the situation. Yes, you did. Um, and initially, like initially I was like, ah, oh, that's like Joseph fired it in there. Cause he, he drove past Colton and I, like we were standing. He, he tried to pass three cars in one corner. Yeah. At well, a, at a, here's the thing. At Nashville. He no, hold on. He tried to pass two, and ended up getting alongside the third. Right. So I don't know that he, he tried. That, I don't know that he tried to pass Roma. Yeah, but he that's got there. Arguably worse. That means he misjudged <laughs> it to the point where he ended up way ahead of where he thought he was going to be. But <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. Let's look at this objectively. Yeah, yeah. Roma didn't do anything wrong. 100%. At all. I don't think anybody 100%. thinks he did on that one. No. But Joseph, I don't really think he did either. Because if he would he was a wheel ahead and I'm not it doesn't matter how you got there. And he wasn't going in so fast that I don't I think he would have still made the corner. Barely, yes. He it's not like he was not I mean, you look at it, he was turning, he I think everything was fine. It just, Roma had no idea he was coming whatsoever and had to turn. Like, why would he not turn? Like, he looks in his mirrors, there's but, Colton and I, yeah, unaffected type thing. And then just as soon as he gets the apex, there's another car that's in the space and Roma just gets knocked out of the way. Well, we I always don't know. talk about the needle I, of responsibility. I think, I think that's just, yes. So, so so hang on. I just want to recap some of your yes. comments. Okay. Yes. He didn't try to get there. He just got there. <laughs> he hit Grosjean out of the way. He would have made the corner, but he wasn't going to make the corner side by side. And he didn't, he wasn't going to get the pass done before the exit of the corner. Everybody, like a lot of people went side by side through turn nine on a restart. That was very common, right? Mm-hmm. I think Grosjean certainly wasn't expecting him to be there, but the fact that there was at least a car width at the apex wall, because Joseph was there, means Grosjean saw him coming. 
But I think Joseph just carried in too much speed. The contact was initiated by Joseph, and he ends up firing off another car. Here's where I landed on this, though. To me, it was, in a lot of ways, part and parcel, the same as you and Felix in turn three at Toronto. You did absolutely nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You gave him just enough room. Yep. He kind of lost control of the car that initiated right. subtle contact, yep. but nature of the beast, one car ended up in the wall, one car ended up going on. And and as I always said, I didn't blame Felix. 100%. 100%. I blame the stewards. Right. And so okay. my point was, when because then it immediately went red flag. They're talking about, they're reviewing the two and the 28. My opinion before the call came was, if they didn't give, regardless of who you think's at fault, look at the facts of this accident. If they didn't give Felix a penalty in Toronto, whether or not you think they should have, they should not give Joseph a penalty here. That would be inconsistent because the two issues, the two incidents were almost identical, right? Yes. I think in both cases, a driver should have got a penalty based on the way the rule is written personally. But they right. didn't do it once, so they shouldn't have done it the second time. So I do I think they made the right call? I think they made the right call based on the precedent they've set so far this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and a so, very, very good point. And again, I, yeah, I would completely have to agree with that because I don't think Joseph, there was no, there was nothing malicious. It was not intentional. It was not there malicious. Was not, he didn't just dump him in the back because he nope. misjudged it completely. Correct. Like, it was like it was like one of those 60-40 deals, right? right? It's the same but, as I mean, same as Felix. Like Felix right. didn't intentionally have oversteer that happened to hit my front wheel. Like correct, again. and it's right. but it's just because when you end, end when result you end, when you end another car's race, exactly. especially somebody running third, it doesn't matter where you're running. When you end, end another car's right. race and you continue on, that, and I that think I think okay. part of what part of what hurt Grosjean in that situation was right where he ended up on the outside of nine there. There was tons of kitty litter and, and crap because of the Malukas um, Kirkwood accident that had just happened. There was a ton of garbage down on the track. So maybe he could have made it had it been a clean track, but he hit that stuff and was just nothing he could do. Now, anyway. the Kirkwood incident. Yeah. I think that's, that's a clearer one because didn't he hit the inside wall, which then fired him off into Malukas? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and like he was only halfway up right. compared to like front wheel to front wheel. Um, and now, dude, that one was a heartbreaker for both those guys because they were both having an awesome day. Like they were, there was two rookies running in the top six. I think Malukas was fifth, legitimately. Kirkwood was sixth. At the time. Yeah, like legitimately on pace. Um, Kirkwood had some bomb overtakes, like really strong, aggressive but calculated stuff. Kirkwood, same thing. Both guys are doing a great job. So I genuinely felt really, really bad for them that they didn't, you know managed to clock in what would have been the best result for both of them um on the uh on the season um and and let's give a shout out to christian lingard talking about rookies who had another strong day very strong qualifying strong day in the race uh yeah it's 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 a crazy rookie crop this year a lot of really talented drivers and uh it's gonna be fun to watch them for years to come okay so that's nashville in a nutshell i'm gonna briefly touch on the live show uh, due to weather issues and qualifying getting pushed back, uh, completely reasonably and understandably, Alex was not able to make it to the live show. Uh, so Tim and I carried the deal. We have made the executive decision that the live show recording will be deleted and will die 
and never be shown the light of day. Not because it was a bad show. Oh, I, I thought it was fun. Everybody had a good time. We have so much time, respect, and love for the fans that came out, that made the effort to to get a ticket, to come out. I mean, a lot of them stuck around till the end of qualifying as well and rushed straight from the track, got rained on, was sweaty or whatever. They all came out. They were phenomenal. We have such an incredible group of fans. We read a nice text message that Alex sent out to the group expressing his genuine sadness that he wasn't there. Everyone was kind of like, oh, this is a dream scenario for Rossi. He doesn't have to talk to anybody. But no, he loves our fans, and he was genuinely upset he couldn't be there. But I thought Tim and I put on a heck of a show, but we want to leave that as something special for the people that came out and lived through that crazy day with us. So that also, also there were some stories we probably don't want to publish. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if anybody listening was at the show, please don't repeat what we talked about. Uh, <laughs> that's just this fun little thing that, that we are all going to uh, have enjoyed together and experienced as a group. So that was awesome. That was great. Thank you again to uh, big machine distillery for allowing us the space. I thought it was great. We packed the house. Um, they did it a great a, job. It is a really cool space. Cool, I did the tour really cool earlier venue. in the day. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing is awesome. And they make some great stuff, man. They make some great drinks. I'm so, told uh, I enjoyed it. You, <laughs> <laughs> there is, yeah, somewhere audio evidence <laughs> that proves. <laughs> I I listened back. I was okay during the recording. It was when I stood up and everything hit me like a truck. Anyway, um, all right. So Nashville, awesome. You know, five stars. Great event. Crazy race, but entertaining. City's awesome. God, it need, it's four and a half stars because the humidity is just offensive. Can it just not be in August? Can like <laughs> that can it be would help, but I think no. I think it's I think it has to be in August. Okay. I mean, I feel like it could be before or after Barber. It could be a night race, though. Mm, it doesn't no. cool down there. It's like no, I, I land. I got off the plane cool. and it was you know eleven forty p.m. and it just like got hit by a wall of humidity. It's it's awful. Um. So I totally, okay, totally switching gears, totally unrelated. I was having a conversation with a prominent media member earlier today that stemmed from a Twitter discussion that broke out at some point over the weekend that I chimed in on. Let's just go ahead and name the media member. It was Anderson Cooper. It was Anderson Cooper, uh, big big motorsports fan, big IndyCar guy. (laughs) And he and I were having the debate is it pit lane or is it pit road? Is it a pit or is it a box? Well, it's a pit. It's a pit box. Okay. But do you say pit this lap or box this lap? I was always pit this lap. Box this lap is very European to me. Mm. I, I, I feel like it's a very Formula One thing. And then okay. like it, it kind of sort of started leaking its way in IndyCar as we started having more people with F1 experience come over. Mm. I actually, because I'm, like, I'm, I'm box. I like box because, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's clear on a radio. Yeah, you do. <laughs> because it's clear, like it's it's a more distinct word than pit. It's got an X, yeah. right? So like box, box, box is a really good one, I think, to hear over radio. Sure. But I've always in my career it was always pit. Okay. Um, but is it lane or road? I've always said lane. Right. Like, I don't. I don't understand road. I think pit road sounds to me. I feel like that's NASCAR right. vernacular. But I feel devil's like- advocate, there are multiple lanes, right? Okay. There's the- Tim, 
you don't get an opinion. So I'm just trying I mean, to make it an argument. There's actually so there's a logic a... to that because a road <laughs> has multiple lanes and there are multiple lanes in pit lane. So okay. I do see his argument. He's wrong, but I do see where he's coming Look, from. I, I don't feel, care. I, I'm just okay. trying to make sure that we have a bit of an argument and a discussion. So, so so give a pit <laughs> road. Pit road originates for sure for NASCAR because in their world they live out of a garage. So it's the road to the garage. So that's where I see that. Do you guys but, not? No, because we live out of a tent. Fair enough. We're not in a garage. So they're actually in a garage, and it's a road. So then at the 500, is it pit road? But, let's say Texas, is it a road? Iowa, no, 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 but I'm road? saying every event that they do is a garage. That's true. So they're, they're just... I'm not sure they, I understand. And, like, and, and they drive... No, I just think it comes from the fact that they're driving souped-up road cars. Right, so everything everything that exists from the history of NASCAR yeah, is okay. more of you're right, applying right. it to the logic of your day to day life. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Whereas so, yeah. IndyCar is still separate enough from that that I think there's just vocabulary that is different that is more motorsport centric. So we agree that it is that pit road seems to be a more NASCAR term, and pit lane is, should be more of an IndyCar. The term. other argument for lane is it's it's a lane separate from the track. Yep. There's right. no roads on the track. Roads you drive you drive road cars on the road. Right. Right. You drive race cars right. on the racetrack, and the racetrack right. has a pit lane. Right. With pit boxes. Correct. Okay. So that is that is settled. One thing that was brought up was that some people apparently say pit row. Well, they're just wrong. Well, they're, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's just because they misunderstood someone saying road and rain with him. It's, that like was my, never it, a thing. it's like my dad still thinks IndyCar dampers are called dampeners. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I that's mean, great. he's yes, not that's wrong. They, they good, yeah, that's exactly what they do. Things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, perfect example. I love that. Uh, analogy. Okay, so we've established that pit row has never been a thing, never has been, never will be, nor should it be, uh, and that pit road is a stock car term, pit lane is an open wheel term, and we can all move on. So, the next one. Hit me. Is it winner's circle or victory lane? Man. I've because also heard victory circle. Or victory let's just circle. let's just drop that one because I f- I have heard it I have heard that as well but I feel like it's just again someone I think that was what too. the signage was at Nashville I think it's Winter's said victory I thought it said oh, victory, victory circle, circle. Oh, I might be okay. wrong All right, like, here we go here's the thing can you have a lane off a lane I mean can't you I don't know can you yeah okay I mean should we just keep it lane and keep it keep the 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 suffix Consistent. So then, okay. So then, you're throwing out all of the tradition of the Indy 500. Winter circle. I think so. You should. Uh, you've been I, there. Twice. I really hope I know, but <laughs> I think it's winter circle. Victory lane, winter circle. Here's the thing. It's not a lane. It's more of a circle. Yeah. Mm. It's more so of a circle. Where did I think it should be winter circle. originate from? That doesn't make any. Know. sense. It just sounds cool. Like it kind Victory of sounds better. Cool. Sound cooler. It does sound Victory cooler. Victory is a circle. cool, yeah. But like Why the is winner, it not Victory Circle. But the winner is in that circle. Why there's can't a circle it be a and there's circle. a winner in it. It could be I a like Victory, Victory circle. circle. I like Let's Victory just change circle. it. Let's go with that. I'm gonna start calling it Victory Circle. But that doesn't sound as good as Victory Lane. I like it. Oh man. Okay, Twitter. It's up to the fans. Ultimately, are we going with 
Victory Lane, Winner's Circle, or Victory Circle? Because we need to just put this to bed and get everybody on the same page. I think that's an important part of the future of our sport. Because Off Track, the podcast, has the influence to change yeah. motorsport vocabulary. Don't think we don't. Don't yeah. think we don't. <laughs> You just gotta, if you believe you can achieve, there's one other one, but I mean, this, there's a, this one's not even up for debate. This is a very clear one. It's like the solid line down the middle of the stock car world and the open wheel world. And that's what are the giant transport devices that the teams use to bring cars to the track? Yeah. Is this trucks versus haulers, right? It's tra trailers versus haulers. Trailers versus haulers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're an IndyCar pad, you'd be like, yeah, meet me at the trailer or I'm in the trailer. But in, in NASCAR world, it's I'm mean, in a hauler. Right? You seem yeah, very no, it is. nonchalant about it. No, I mean he's chalant. I think it's both. He's very dude. You think it's both? I don't think, think it's clear of a line as you think. I've never heard anybody in IndyCar call them a hauler. I've never heard a stock car person say trailer. I've most of Andretti Autosport calls it a hauler. What? Or a truck. I've heard truck. truck. I can see truck. Heard truck. Yeah. Yeah. Truck and trailer. I mean, there's quite a few. Maybe it's because, no, I don't know. But like, I guess I, d I definitely don't hear holler a lot in the indie car. Yeah, I don't think that one's a clear, a clear okay. line. All right. What do you yeah. prefer? I go with truck. But then people get confused. A lot of people are like, when I say truck, they think I mean bus. Oh, that's like, weird. Yeah, that's not that. Mm -mm, that's no. not that at all. Truck yeah. and bus is weird. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's let's just focus on where winners park their cars and get their trophies. So if the fans could let us know about that in the meantime, or, you know, submit your own, make up some new names. Let's see if we get any good ones. Nope. Hard enough to <laughs> get one of the three. The that already pavilion. <laughs> I actually really like that. Yeah. See, the this is, this is what we're going to get. Pavilion. That is good. That is good. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Might, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I might Let's do that. Some new ones. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to drop that on NBC next time. <laughs> Let's head down to Dave Burns and the success pavilion with if, this, if this Alex, race is winner. If Alex wins in St. Louis, you have to go. Uh, that's not happening. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's the spirit champ. <laughs> Let's try it in Portland. I think we could win there. All right, guys. We uh, have a weekend off. We're going to go on a boat. And we hope you guys have a wonderful weekend off. Tim, I don't know what you're up to. Nor do I care. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Appreciate everybody that came out in Nashville. Alex, congrats on a hell of a comeback weekend on Sunday. And we'll see you guys next week to recap what everybody did for the weekend off. And who knows? We may even have a guest. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at The Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that, we mean fit. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.